The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. PCC and welcome to anyone that is visiting with us today. If you are visiting, my name is Layla and I've got the privilege of bringing us God's Word today. Before I start, I would like to take a moment just to say a very big thank you for all the love and care that I've received, uh, all the prayers and support since my beloved Nan went to glory. I just want to acknowledge that your love and your prayers have been felt and it is deeply appreciated. Um, today I'm going to be continuing our series together and I'm going to be looking at the power of community and we're going to be looking at this from a couple of different perspectives. Uh, one, uh, how a community with purpose is powerful, um, but two, what that means for us collectively but also what it means for us individually. So let me pray and then we will jump straight in. Father God, Lord, we just thank you that uh, you are a God of community. You are a God of communion and Lord, you have brought us together in this community. Lord, we just uh, invite you to be present with us today. We ask you to meet each person, Lord, right where they are. And we ask, Holy Spirit, that you would minister in a way that only you can. Lord, I pray that the words that I speak are your words. And as always, Lord, I pray that I do not get in the way. In Jesus' name, amen. So as I was preparing for this, uh, the passage I kept getting led to was a passage in Exodus. And as I thought about community, I really got to thinking about how the people of Israel acted as a community. And so I want to take us to Exodus 17. Um, and we're going to camp out here for a little while today. And we're going to go into Exodus 17, uh, verse 8 to 13. And here's what it reads. The Amalekites came and attacked the Israelites at Rephidim. Moses said to Joshua, choose some of our men to go out to fight the Amalekites. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the staff of God in my hands. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning, but whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. So when we get to this chapter, the people of Israel have already left Egypt and they're on their way to the promised land. Um, if we jump into Exodus 17.1, it says the whole Israelite community set out from the desert of sin, traveling from place to place as the Lord commanded. So the people of Israel were walking by faith, going where God was asking them to go. And that's an important thing to note. They'd gotten away from Egypt and from Pharaoh, and now they were on this journey to the land that God had promised them, to the promise that he had given them. And so they were having to go to this particular region where the Amalekites were. But in doing that, they were being obedient. And so even though they were going through this detour, they were being obedient. They were going where God asked them to go, but they were also stopping when God asked them to stop. And so when the army comes up against them, <clears throat> the fight had a bit of a shift to it. It wasn't just a fight to protect their life. They were actually fighting for God's purpose. They were fighting for God's promise. And they were fighting for God's will. And that's how they came together. Now, God knew that they would be attacked in this place. And so God prepared them for that by giving them different gifts and talents. And as the leader of the community, Moses knew that his responsibility was to care for the people that God had put in his care, um, but to also protect this promise. And so we see that he gathered the community together to fight in a specific way. Notice that verse 9 says that Moses told Joshua to choose some of our men to go out and fight and he would go to the mountain to cover them with the staff of God in his hands. 
Moses held the staff of God in his hands that had the power in it, but he didn't turn around and say to the community, it's okay, I've got this, I'm going to do this on my own because I've got the staff of God. Nor did he turn around and say, you know what, we're being attacked, everyone jump in, it's an all-in brawl. He didn't do either of those things. He looked around and he involved people intentionally into the battle because in his mind he had the purpose and he had the goal in sight to protect God's people, to keep going and get to the promised land. And so he also knew that he had the staff in his hand and that that was going to be most powerful on the mountain. That was where he needed to go. And so in that moment, he turns to Joshua and he tells Joshua to go out to pick an army and to lead that army, knowing that Joshua was capable of doing so. Um, We need to remember that it was Joshua that led them into the promised land in the end, not Moses. So Joshua was equipped and gifted to lead an army. And so Moses let him do that. And while he did that, Moses took with him Aaron and Hur and he took them up to the mountain. And they stood there and they supported him from the mountain, which meant that there were still some men left over that didn't go to the mountain or to the battle. And they were the ones that stayed behind and they stayed in the camp and looked after the, the elderly, the sick, the women, the children and the animals. But what we see is that the battle wasn't won because of one person. The battle wasn't won because it was Moses on his own on the mountain because he had um, Aaron and her. And the battle wasn't won because he was Joshua out in the field because he had the strength of his men fighting with him. The battle was won because they came together in corporate faith, they stepped out in obedience and they had a purpose in mind and that's what drove them to go forward with it. And so what we actually see here is the people of Israel stepping out, stepping into action and stepping out in faith. And that's how they won that battle because everyone used the strength and the talents that God had given them. And everyone applied that to what was going on. They were working in one accord for one purpose. You see that Joshua didn't argue with Moses. Joshua didn't turn around and say, well, no, I want to go to the mountaintop. Um, And likewise, he didn't turn around and question whether Moses was going to do what he was meant to do. Joshua owned the gift and the talent that God had given him in that moment and he stepped out into the battle and he did what his role was in that to win the battle. And he trusted Moses. We don't read that he spent his time looking up at the mountaintop trying to make sure that Moses was still there. He trusted that Moses was going to have his back and so he went out and he fixed his eyes on the battle in front of him. And in the same way, Moses did the same thing. Moses went up to the mountain and he stood there knowing that his spot was standing on the mountain with his arms held up holding the staff of God, covering his community in that way. And in that space, Moses turned his back onto the people at the camp because he knew that people in the community were looking after the camp. People in the community were looking after the women and the children and the animals and those that were not well. And so he had his eyes fixed firmly on what was going on in front of him, trusting that other parts of the community were doing what they needed to do. But he also knew that he was covered because he had Aaron and her alongside of him. Um, They stood guard. They literally just stood guard with him. And when the time came, they held up his arms. It's not as if Aaron and her took turns in holding the staff. They didn't touch it. What they did was they stood there and they supported him. And this was why the community was so powerful because everyone had the vision and the purpose in mind and everyone was working towards that and they were using what God had placed in their hand and within them to actually win that. And you know what? That's what it's like for us here as a PCC community. For us here, we have a purpose for being here. Um, We're a body of believers that comes together each week, right now not in person, but we come together each week as a community and we fellowship and we grow in our, our knowledge of God, we grow in our love for God, we encourage each other, we strengthen each other. 
but we're also here because we're following God's leading and direction. We are not in Parramatta by chance. We have not been placed here accidentally. God has geographically placed us here with a purpose. And that purpose is to love God, to love his people, and to love the city of Parramatta and claim it for the Lord. We're here to take ground. We're not here to just meet. We're here to take ground and that's the ground that God has given us. And when we use all of our collective skills and gifts and talents, and when we come together under one accord, we are a powerful community with a purpose that is gonna be able to change the city of Parramatta outside. And the reality is we've each got a role to play in this, but it's gonna look different for every single one of us. Each role is important, but each role is gonna be different. And that's okay. 1 Corinthians 12.12 uh, 12 says, there is one body, but it has many parts, but all its many parts make up one body. It is the same with Christ. We're not all going to be on the front line if we all ran outside and evangelized on the street, who would be here to disciple? If we were all worship leaders, who would be doing the, the, the teaching? Who would be evangelizing? Who would be doing the praying? If we were all in the kitchen preparing the food, who would be in here teaching the word? Our roles are all going to look different. But not only will our roles look different, our roles are also going to change in the season depending on what is needed. Our goal and our vision and our purpose doesn't change, but our seasons are going to change and our roles will change in that. And right now, you may be in a season where God is asking you to be a Joshua and he's actually asking you to be on the street outside fighting that battle by evangelizing or by feeding the homeless or by going out and loving the unlovable that society deems are not important. There's a lot of hurting and lonely people out there. Maybe God's asking you to go out and be his hands and feet and to sit with those people. Maybe God is asking you to be a Moses on the mountain for someone, to stand and intercede for the people that are out on the street or the people that are teaching the word or the people that are doing a countless different um, areas within the battle. Maybe God's asking you to be the Moses on the mountain for them. He's waking you up at three in the morning and he's putting people on your heart and he's asking you to pray for those people. And that is important. Maybe God is asking you to stay back at the camp and make sure that everything is okay and that it's ready for when everyone comes back in from the battle. Your role might not be on the front, it might not be standing up here, it might not be out there, your role might be in the back. I, want, I would like to, to say that when we have our team in the kitchen preparing morning tea for us, they are not just preparing food or coffee for us to eat, they're actually creating a space for fellowship and for community. They're creating a space where we can build relationship. When we have our teams that are in the crèche that are looking after the little kids, they're not just in there cuddling the little babies and having fun with the kids. They're creating space for parents and for guardians to be fed by allowing them to sit in corporate worship and by allowing them to sit and immerse themselves in the teaching and in the word. Everything that we do matters and it's not wasted, whether it's directly in the front line or whether it's on the side or whether it's in the back. It all matters and it's all important to and for the community. But maybe God's asking you in this season to be an Aaron or a Her and to hold someone's arms up. Aaron and Her stood there knowing that they would get no glory whatsoever because they knew that for Moses to win the battle, he had to keep his hands steady and that was what they were focused on. They willingly went there knowing that this was not going to get them any glory, but they were there to support him because everyone had the collective vision in mind. And that's what they focused on. 
And you know what, different seasons are gonna call for different activities and sometimes we are gonna be called to step out to the front and sometimes we're gonna be called to step out to the back. All positions are equally important because every single one of us has got something to bring to the table and to bring to the community. And a community is powerful and we all bring our skills and our gifts and our talents and God won't waste any of that. He's given us gifts and talents for a reason and he's gonna ask us to use them. And the challenge for us is gonna be when we are asked to step into the uncomfortable spaces. That's when we're gonna to have to ask ourselves if we're prepared to do that. Are we prepared to stand in the background? Are we prepared to go out the front? You know, I think we look at some of the stories in the Bible and some of these battles and we, we look at these men and women and go, wow, they're such mighty warriors of God, but they were human just like we are and they would have had fears as well. You know, um, Moses would have had a mental and a spiritual battle while he was on the mountain. And Joshua would have had a physical and a spiritual battle while he was on the mountain. Very, very different battles, but both are equally hard. God will ask us to do hard things. As a community, he's gonna ask us to do hard things so that we can reach his people. And I know for me personally, there has been times when God has asked me to do something, to step out and do something. And I have done it with my hands and my knees shaking. Um, the funny thing is that when I first became a Christian, the first thing I said to God was, I don't ever want to preach. I'm not getting up with a microphone and preaching. And, uh, and here we are. And I'm, I'm sure that God was having a bit of a chuckle going, oh, that's cute. I'll talk to you about it later. But God asked us to do things that may, we may not necessarily want to do. But having said that, um, and as much as I had to admit this, there has been times when God has asked me to step out and do something and my fear has been greater than my obedience and it has won out. And so we will be asked to do the hard things and we need to be prepared to step out and do the things that God is asking us to do. But alternatively, I'd like to also present another angle to this and say, are we prepared to not use our gifts for a season? There's plenty of people that could have gone to the mountaintop with Moses, but he chose Aaron and her. Likewise, there probably would have been plenty of men that could have gone out onto the battlefield with Joshua, but he chose who he chose and the rest stayed at the camp. Maybe God is asking us to rest our gift for a season and he's going to raise someone up to step up into that space. And can I just say that is absolutely wonderful that God would raise up his people to use their gifts at different times because it is not about me. It is not about any one of us individually when it comes to this. It's about the collective and it's about the community. And it's about all of us coming together as a community with a purpose to know him more, to glorify him and to take ground out there and make Parramatta a city that declares Jesus as Lord and Saviour. We achieve more when we are together. But not just that, when we are a community that is purposeful and that is powerful, people start to take notice and people in the outside community start to see. John 13, 35 says, by this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We are in a world where everyone is out to get what they want. And a community that is purposeful, that loves each other, that backs each other, that supports each other is appealing and people are gonna start taking notice. Are we gonna have challenges? Absolutely. People are people. We're gonna have challenges. Like the Israelites, God knew the challenges we would have basing us where he's based us. But like the Israelites, he has equipped us with what we need as well to fight this. We are better together, we are stronger together, and we are powerful for the kingdom when we come together as a community with a purpose that wants to see the world know Jesus. 
because at the end of the day it is about loving Jesus it's about loving each other and it's about pointing as many people as possible to him but community doesn't only benefit the collective community bene community benefits us individually as well we were not made to do this life alone. We were made for community. We were designed to do life in community um, with one another. God is a relational God. God is a God that wants us to commune with him and have intimacy with him. And he wants us to have fellowship and communion with each other as well. Can community be messy? Absolutely. Community can be very, very messy, but it's worth it. And we are better together than we are ever alone. I want us to imagine this. Imagine how encouraged Joshua would have been knowing that Moses was on the mountain interceding over him and holding up the staff, trying to help him win that battle. Imagine how encouraged it was. You know, we all go through battles and sometimes we have to step into the battle physically on our own. But how encouraging and how beautiful is it to know that we have people that are behind us that are praying. Um, I've spoken about my, my beloved Nan and I've, I've, I've shared the story of how she prayed for my family for 18 years. But more than that, Nan was my Moses on the mountain. Nan was the one that I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt was standing on the mountain, interceding for me, praying for me and covering me in prayer, no matter what I was going through. And that encouraged me. It encouraged me so, so much. But imagine how encouraging it would have been for Moses as well having um, Aaron and her on either side of him. Imagine the pressure he would have felt every time he looked down and whenever his arms got weary, he saw the battle shift and he saw the Amalekites defeating Israel. That's a lot of pressure. But he had Aaron and her on either side of him, standing there, waiting for him to grow weary. When, when we read the word, it doesn't say that he asked them to, to hold up his hands. It doesn't say that he fell to the ground and then they stepped in. They were standing there watching God and the word tells us that when his arms grew weary, they found a stone and he sat on it and they went one on one side, one on the other and held his arms up till sunset, till sunrise, sorry. Sometimes the battle is ours, but our community is the Aaron and her that comes around us and helps us get through. Um, sometimes our Aaron and hers come in the, the form of someone coming and visiting us in the hospital or someone bringing a meal when we're going through a stressful time or someone going to an appointment with us as well. A few years ago, uh, I had to go to a funeral and it, it was a very stressful funeral for me. And so I reached out to a couple of my friends and I reached out to my connect group as well. And, and the kind of the, the main question that everyone came back with was, yep, we're, we're praying for you when and what time is the funeral? Now, the day came and on my way to the funeral, one of my closest friends that I'd reached out to was in the US at the time and they rang me to say, I'm about to board my flight, but I'm thinking of you, I'm praying for you, I'm with you, you got this. And by the time I was actually seated at the funeral, my phone had blown up from all the messages from my connect group going, you got this, we're with you, you know, you can do this, stand strong, you've got this. And I felt a peace and a calm that I did not think would be possible in that particular scenario. My Aaron and my hers all turned up in the form of messages and affirmations and encouragement. And that's the beauty of being in community, that we don't have to do those things alone. We don't have to go through that alone. You may be thinking to yourself as you're listening to me speak, you know what, it's just easier doing it by myself. You know what, it's just I would rather do it on my own. But it's not easier because the burdens of this earthly life are just too much to carry for us. And that's not what God wanted for us either. God wants community. You know, God wants us to be able to carry each other's burdens. 
Galatians 6.2, carry each other's burdens and in this way you, you will fulfill the law of Christ. We are better together. I had a friend years ago tell me that I was a little bit hard to care for because I was so independent. And they were right in what they were saying. I had been let down quite a bit and I had a lot of disappointments and, and my posture was, well, it's just easier to do this on my own. And so I never asked for help or, or did anything along those lines. But over the years, God has shown me just how much I need community. Not just so much about me giving out to the community, but just how much I actually needed community. It allows us to share our burdens. It allows us to get through this life easier. But in the same way, it also gives us the privilege of carrying someone else's burden as well. In the same way that people have been my Moses on the mountain, I have the privilege of doing the same for them. In the same way that someone's been an Aaron or her for me, I've got the privilege of holding up someone's arm while they're in the battle. And I've had the privilege of actually staying back and making sure that everything is okay, is okay while everyone else was out there fighting the battle as well. In a community, it is better together. We can carry each other's burdens and we can love and support each other. But as I wrap this up, there's a couple of things that I'd like us to, to think about. I wanna leave us with a couple of things. And I'd like to say uh, that I'm speaking to myself more than I'm speaking to anybody else when I say this. So uh, I would like to, but I'd like us to, to humbly think of this. We need to be intentional with our community. And by that, I mean that we need to step into our community. We need to invest in our community. We need to guard our community. Our community is important. And I'm not just talking about the community, the, our PCC community, I'm talking about the, the other communities that we're part of as well. Community and fellowship is important. And we've got, we've got to guard that and we've got to be intentional with it. But we've got to be careful that we don't guard our community so much that it becomes exclusive and no one else can get in. At the end of the day, we want as many people as possible coming into eternity. And so we need to make sure that we guard our community, but we also are making space for others to come and experience the fellowship and the communion and just the beauty that is doing life together. But the second thing I wanna challenge us on, and, and again, I'm speaking very much to myself when I say this, is are we connected enough with our community to know who needs us to be an Aaron or a Her for them? Who needs us to be a Moses on the mountain? Are we connected enough to be able to look around and go, I need to be a Moses for this person right now because they're going through the battle? Or are we connected enough in our community to know who needs us to actually physically step alongside of them and step into the battle and be a Joshua with them? And, and again, I'm not just talking about our PCC community, I'm talking about our other communities, our families, our workplaces, our sporting communities. We're placed where we're placed intentionally by the Lord. We're not here by chance. But I can very easily right now tell you who my Moses on the mountain is in this season and who my Aaron and hers are. But can I tell you who I know in my community needs me to be a Moses? I would like to think that I can, but can I really? We need to be connected. We need to be connected to each other. We need to be looking after each other. We are powerful as a community when we are connected and we're looking out for each other. And can I just say, um, you know what, if you're, you're watching this right now and you don't have a connect group, can I encourage you to try and connect with a connect group? Can I encourage you to reach out and get yourself connected? And if you are not connected with PCC, can I encourage you to reach out to us and get connected with us? Is it gonna be messy? Absolutely, I can pretty much guarantee you that community is gonna be messy at times. 
um, and it's going to be frustrating at times, but it is so worth it because community is beautiful. And when we come together in one accord, in one purpose, to know God, to glorify Him, to point people to Christ and to love each other, it is all worth it. Let me pray. Father God, we just, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that you designed community, that you are a God that just longs to have fellowship with us and longs to see your bride in fellowship with each other uh, and just longs to see more people come to know you. Father, as we step out, uh, Lord, I just pray that you would speak clearly around what you want us to do in this season, how you want us to be a beautiful, godly community that reflects your love. Father, would you give us eyes to see those that are around us that need community? Would you give us ears to hear the promptings that we get from you? But Father, would you just give us a heart that just longs to love you, to love your people and to reach out to everyone that is around us. We thank you, Father, for this incredible PCC community. And Lord, I just pray that you would continue to give us the skills and the gifts and talents to take the ground that you've asked us to take in Parramatta. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we trust you, and we will continue to follow you all the days of our lives. We just ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.